Hello, welcome to Hope Church Harrogate's Message of the Week. If you'd like to connect with us, please head over to hopeharrogate.co.uk forward slash connect. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, so, uh, last week Adam started our, our vision series, didn't he? Uh, Multiplication of Hope, we've got a slide for it, uh, the title slide. We're looking back, weren't we, at... Um, we were looking back at uh, uh, all that God's done in the last 10 years of, of Hope Church, celebrating, weren't we, uh, what he's done. And we believe God's got so much more for us and that he's leading us to multiply. And the slide he showed us was multiply, be disciples, make disciples, and plant churches. And today we're going to be focusing on those two middle bits, on what it means to be disciples that make disciples. Disciples that make disciples. Uh, and friends, this is going to be like a central thread for us over the months and years ahead, uh, that, um, that, that this concept of being disciples that make disciples. In fact, why don't you turn to someone near you, if there's someone sitting near you, and just say, you're called to be a disciple that makes disciples. You're called to be a disciple that makes disciples. Nice and loud so I can hear it, because we're, you know, we're encouraging me here. Brilliant, thank you. And the reason you can, the reason you can say that to one another uh, is because, um, well, she found it in a series we, we did a while back, uh, you may remember, called The Great Commissioning. Uh, the Great Commissioning, who remembers that, that series? Good, it wasn't too long ago. All right, Matthew 28, um, some of the last words that uh, Jesus said to his disciples, um, and it's on the screen, but summarize it. Go and make disciples, uh, teaching them, uh, sorry, baptizing them, in the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them to do what? So I say, say again? Disciples that... Obey, obey everything I've commanded you, uh, and I will be with you always. Good. We're going to be with us always. Jesus commands us to be obedient disciples that make disciples that make disciples. We're meant to multiply. Uh, and so as we gather here at Asheville, I just want us to keep this in mind, that as we gather physically again here, it's important we realize that while for many of us this is familiar territory, being, being in this building, um, uh, if, we're, if we're not new, this is a familiar place. It's important to notice that we're not just coming back. We're not just coming back uh, to the same thing we had before, but instead we're believing that Jesus is doing something fresh, that Jesus is on the move. Jesus didn't stay still while COVID was, was about. Jesus is moving, uh, and we feel that he is uh, putting a fresh focus um, uh, on intentional discipleship and multiplication for us as a church family. Now, does that mean that we're going to uh, get rid of everything that we've uh, enjoyed and seen fruit of, all the good stuff from the last 10 years? Does it mean that we're just going to uh, turn around and do something completely different and forget all of that? No, of course it doesn't. And we're going to keep practicing our five cultural values, our five cultural values. And if you are new, you may not know them, so I'll stick them up on the screen at the bottom for us. Uh, these are our five cultural values. There's a whole preach series on them on YouTube if you want to catch up on them. Uh, but we're God first. We're a family that puts God first. We have a high value for the spiritual family that's called church. We're not just friends. We're a family joined together in Christ. Yes, I heard someone say, yes, yes. Right? We are people who are saved by grace. Yes, but we are also people who are uh, growing in grace, living in grace towards one another. Uh, we have a high value for the authority of the word of God. Uh, and we uh, love the fact that Jesus left his, the spirit, didn't leave us alone. We are a charismatic people. Uh, we have a, a, a God who assures us of who we are through the spirit. And then we leave a legacy uh, behind us. That's our five cultural values. Uh, 
Now, we're going to keep putting those into practice because values aren't just what you say, but what you practice. Um, but there is a rebalancing that is required uh, and needed, we feel, in the area of discipleship that is healthy for us. Okay? Now, let me explain this using a simple triangle. I think they find this, this illustration helpful. I did anyway. Uh, and this is a simple triangle, um, which is going to help us see what the church is meant to be in its very simplest form. You see, at the very center of the church, what do you think should be at the very center of the church? Jesus, yes! It's almost as good as the light show, isn't it? Hey? Jesus. Uh, and we've got Jesus uh, at the center. Go on, then next slide, please. Jesus at the center. And uh, we know that through um, the word and spirit, one of our five values, we know him as, as friend, we know him as savior, we know him as many things, don't we? All right? But we also know him as king and lord of our lives. And we must recognize this as a church. Jesus is king. Yes, he is our friend. Yes, he is our savior. Yes, he is the one who makes it possible for us to walk in without uh, any concerns. We can walk into the center of God's presence. But he is the Lord and king of our lives. Uh, and he gives us two commands to obey. Uh, those who are his disciples, those who love him, obey his commands, John says in John's gospel. And so the two commands are the first one, love God and love others. The great commandment um, from Matthew 22. And Jesus says in that passage that this sums up all of the Old Testament law. Love God and love others. And the second one, uh, on the other side, is the great commission that we just talked about. Go and make disciples, teaching them to obey. And it's its very simplest form. This is the church. This is the church. Love God, love others, make disciples, make sure Jesus is king in the center. And over the last 10 years, we've been really good at loving God and loving others. I believe we've been growing in that really well. Uh, we... We, we see that in many different expressions of Hope Church, and we want to keep doing that. We want to keep growing in loving God, loving others. But if I'm honest, I know that in the triangle of my life, okay, it's almost like the little triangle that fits inside the bigger triangle that's the church. Um, it's, it's looked a bit like this. Next slide, please. Just for me personally, that's, that's, where our, that's what my triangle has looked a little bit like. Okay? I, I, I just wonder, how would you draw yours? How would you draw the triangle? of your life. Is Jesus at the center? Is he the king? Is there a crown on there? Is the crown a little, little upsided on yours? I, could have, I did originally draw it in mine like that, but then I thought, I don't know if that's right or not, so I put it back. How is it on yours? Is there a misbalance? Because I don't want mine to look like that. I don't want my, my, my triangle to be like that. I want Jesus to be the very center of my life, not as some uh, just name, but as the king of my life. I want to, to him to equip me by the power of the Spirit to empower me to joyfully live out both sides, the Great Commission and the Great Commandment, so I can play my part in what he's called us to do. And, and here, friends, is why this is important. We have a God. He's a God who just loves to reach out and seek out those who are far from him. All right, good. I think Adam agrees with me. God is a God who loves to reach those who are far from him. Amen. Amen. All right, and it's wonderful to be here together this morning, but God is very, very interested in all the people that aren't here with us. And there are around 600,000 people in North Yorkshire, and they don't know, most of them won't know Jesus like we know him. We heard last week that about 160,000 of them are in the Harrogate area and the surrounding area. Most of them don't know Jesus like we know them. 
And there's 75,000 people in Harrogate itself. Most of them don't know Jesus like we know him. It's people on your street. It's your neighbor, perhaps. It's your work colleague. It's that person at the school in your class. It's the person on the football pitch with you. It's the person in that meeting. These are real people. Why don't you put a name to a statistic for a moment in your own mind? These are real people. They're not just numbers. Last Sunday, we celebrated 60 responses to the gospel in the last 10 years here at Hope Church. And it's right that we celebrate. It's right that we celebrate. We can celebrate again now. Thank you, Jesus. Celebrate again now. It's right that we join with heaven for every soul that is saved. And Adam encouraged us to celebrate with a prayer. They went, yes. Can you remember what he said after he said, yes? Anyone? More. Yes and more, Lord. It must be our cry because the scale of the problem of those far from God is a problem that only God can solve. All right? And I just want to do some maths for a moment because Adam isn't the only one that can do maths in a preach. All right? Um, difference is that my math is not very good. All right? uh, although this is simple math, so we'll be okay. All right? um, so if you look up in Harrogate the number of churches, do you know how many churches there are in Harrogate? Anyone? Adam said 30. And he's right because he knows these things. All right? I didn't prep him. Okay, there's 30 churches. Isn't that amazing? So very different churches, some bigger, some smaller, some look very different from us. Um, but the wonderful thing is, is that we all want church in Christ. Okay? Now, if you take um, just the assumption for a moment, for simplicity's sake, I'll just come with me on this, that each of those churches have the same average number of people uh, respond to Jesus as we have per year in the last 10 years. So we say six per year. Multiply that by the number of churches. Do the maths. Do you know how many... Uh, years it would take to reach just half the population of 75,000 in Harrogate. Lots, right? Just half. And I know this is simple, and you could probably argue in lots of other ways, but just for simplicity's sake, it would take 200 years to reach half the population, for half the population to hear the gospel and respond. And if you go three quarters, and if you go to the full 75,000, assuming that they're all non-Christians, which isn't quite true, but you're anywhere between 300 and 400 years. Who knows that's not going to work because we're all going to be dead, So if we continue to add to the kingdom of God in the way that we've been doing it, friends, most of the people who are living right now will die before they have a chance to respond to Jesus. And that's not okay. I know we're joking a little bit this morning, but that's not okay, friends. It's not okay for the lost to be lost for eternity. It's not okay. It's not okay for our hearts to be so inoculated by our culture that we rarely talk about the fact that people are going to spend eternity without Jesus. It should wreck our hearts. It should wreck our hearts. It's not okay. Friends, something must change. Something must change. And we must be willing to do whatever it takes to see the lost saved. The question is what? What will it take to see the people of Harrogate saved? And I just want to turn to Mark chapter 4. Uh, join with me, please. Mark chapter 4, verse 3. We're going to see a kingdom principle that's really encouraging. Uh, to help us with this problem. Mark chapter 4. Here we go. Uh, verse 3. Listen. This is Jesus speaking to a crowd. Listen. A farmer went out to sow his seed. And as they scattered the seed, some fell on the path. And the birds came and ate it up. 
Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell among good soil, and it came up and it grew and it produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. And then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Now just jump with me to verse 14 as Jesus explains this to his disciples later. He says, the father sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and he takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once they receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed sown among the thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires of other things come in and it chokes the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was shown. I love, I love this parable. Uh, it really encourages me. I hope it encourages you too because it reminds me that multiplication is part of God's plan in his kingdom. Multiplication is what it's going to take to reach the 600,000, to reach the 160,000 or the 75,000. It's how the kingdom is meant to grow, friends. It's what we see in the Great Commission. If we want to see the Great Commission fulfilled in Harrogate in our time, I always used to think, see it as just something that would happen one day, someone else's responsibility. But this generation needs to see that in their time. If we want to see that happen in our time in Harrogate in this generation, if we want to see it fulfilled in Nairsborough in this generation, if we want to see it fulfilled in Ripon, in every valley uh, and village between them, we need to be praying God, make us a church that multiplies. Why don't you come and join us next Sunday evening? We're going to be praying. I really encourage you. If you can make it there, please make it a priority. Come and pray. We need to be praying that the church in Harrogate becomes a people who multiply. We need to be a good soil, a people of good soil. A people who hear the word, accept it, obey it, and by the power of God, produce a crop. Some 30, 60, 100. Or to put it another way, to be Disciples that make disciples that make disciples. And we believe this is for all of us. It's really important not to just think, well, this is just for some. It's not just for the evangelists amongst us. It's not just for uh, those who are on staff or those lead churches. It's not for those who are grown-up kids. It's not if you've been a Christian 10 years. It's, you're, you jump straight in as soon as you know Jesus. All of us get a chance to be involved we all have a seed planted in us. And I just, I just want us to just recognize for a moment that God has planted a seed in you that has the potential to multiply. Just have a think about this. To multiply many times over. It has a potential. The power of the gospel has a potential to multiply in every one of you. It doesn't matter who you are in this room this morning. If you know Jesus, that seed has potential. And when that seed multiplies and grows new disciples, what they experience when they realize, oh, the hope of Jesus, the grace of Jesus, the love of the Father we've met, they will go on and find that they too are compelled by love, as Adam preached last week, to share God's love and grace and see other disciples and multiply. That's how we're meant to be from God's perspective. 
And I was preparing this. I just felt like I just want to speak prophetically over you for a moment because I could see in my spirit as I was preparing this, this church being planted in really good soil and really good roots going down. I just want to say, I believe God is, is, is putting roots down. And I could just see uh, all of us finding the ones and the twos who are ready to hear the gospel. And that by God's spirit, the ones and twos becoming twos and fours. And the twos and fours becoming fours and eights and eights and sixteens and the two hundreds and the four hundreds and the eight hundreds and the sixteen hundreds and the thirty-two hundreds and my maths is running out. But you get the point. I just believe that God is doing that in us. Have you ever stopped to think? Just stop and think. What if God could use you? To start something that reaches the 3,200. That's not about you. It's about God. But what if he wants to multiply that in your life? We have a God-given plan to be part of that plan for those he's reaching. And it's, it's not about numbers, as I say. I don't, I'm not interested in putting a big hope badge on something that's big. We're not interested in that. But we are interested in what God's doing. It's about recognizing the vast numbers of people who don't know Jesus yet. And as we read the Bible, it seems clear that that Jesus' plan for reaching those people is like this. It's always been the same, to go and multiply, go make disciples that make disciples. But recently, I didn't know anyone who was personally doing that. I, I do now, but I didn't. In the last 18 months, I was considering this, and maybe you do, but I didn't. I knew a few people who were who were making disciples, who were seeing people saved, but that it seemed to stop there. And it seemed to be more like addition. And I realized that for me, I've never been equipped. I've never been equipped in how to make a disciple, or be a disciple that makes a disciple, that would go on to make more disciples. That's for me. And as a church, I realized that we've not been intentional about discipling in that way that would allow for multiplication. If God moved in Harrogate, would we be ready? Would we be ready? Until recently, I'm like, I don't think I would have been. We've largely been doing addition instead, and we have to be honest. I think it's important to be honest so that we can look back and go, well, how have we built this church? And the truth is, largely, this church has been built through um, through addition for the people joining the church. I'm one of them, and there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, it's good. And if you're new here, this is your first time with us, then welcome God has blessed us by adding people to us. We've had a few people join us through becoming Christians, but most of the church has grown through, through, through that kind of growth. And I'm just hungry to see the church grow from people who have never met Jesus. Never met Jesus. And so we grow by multiplication, not by addition. But now as God, as we sense God leading us into uh, uh, this rebalancing of the triangle, I just want to put an invite out there. The invite for all of us to discover again what it means to be a disciple. What it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And in the months and years ahead, we're going to uh, have increasing opportunities to do that. To be equipped in, in different ways. To, to be equipped and to love and disciple one another so that we grow up in faith. And are people who naturally go on to multiply and see that happen in the people around us as well. Um, and we just believe that God is going to birth lots of different expressions of this. 
okay, uh, that there's going to be something beautiful. What God does is very diverse. And so what multiplication looks like might look very different depending on different areas of the church and what God brings. We don't have all the answers yet what that looks like. In fact, I'm just really believing that some of the people that get added to the church who are, who are new Christians will have the answers to some of this multiplication as God births ideas in them. Um, and next week, we're going to share some of the detail of what it looks like uh, that we do feel that we, we have clarity on at the moment in terms of what this means for us in the years ahead. We're going to be sharing some of that next week. Um, Beth and I are going to be sharing about a new training course uh, that we're going to be running after half term, looking at equipping us uh, as, as people who can make disciples and make disciples. Uh, we'll have more details on that, but we're excited about starting an equipping journey. Um, but I kind of want to... Just finish today uh, in, in this way, because I just feel, and it's interesting how the, the time this morning has gone, because I just feel like God wants to remind us, and he already has been reminding us, but I just feel there's a little bit more, to start this discipleship journey from the right place. Because I don't think I'm alone. And, you know, Adam's already alerted. I, I don't think I'm alone in feeling weary right now. It's fair to say, I know that people are feeling weary because of this last year. And we've already seen God start to do this this morning wonderfully. But I just feel like there's more that he wants to give us. There's a greater encounter with him this morning. There's a greater encounter with the Father God as a start point for us. And before I knew that was song was on the playlist this morning that James brought, I wrote this. I said, he wants to remind us this morning that he really knows your name. Right. Do you see what God's doing here? Right. Don't, don't miss the fact that he loves you and he cares for each and every one of you. I'm just really preaching out of the place that I'm at right now, guys. What God's doing with me at the moment. You know, this week, uh, Beth and I were in a car traveling somewhere and we had a conversation. And it was one of those conversations that had moments generated in it by the worries in my life. Do you know those sort of conversations? And as we were going there, we got to the place we were going and someone from this church met us and they said, we've had a dream about you last night. That doesn't happen normally to me. And they told us about the dream. And you know what? Every point in the dream matched one of the worry moments in the conversation. Isn't it amazing that God would love me and Beth so much that the night before the conversation happened, he was aware he gave someone a dream to bring that dream. And they had no idea what was going on or any of the context for that conversation. And yet God gives it to them. They have the boldness to come and bring it to us. And we leave going, God knows my name. He knows. He knows about the conversation I'm going to have tomorrow. He knows about the concerns that we have. God knows us. He knows us. I'm amazed by him. I continually, like, we know he's good, but then he goes, here, have a bit more. Have a bit more. I'm going to encourage you. And so I want to encourage us that the disciple-making process, that to be disciples that grow and make more disciples, grows from a place of encountering the love of God. Because if we don't start there, we go off skew on a tangent, friends. Because, you know, we don't become good soil. Adam alluded to this earlier. We don't become good soil by trying harder to be good soil. We don't become good soil that can multiply by trying harder not to worry, by trying harder to not desire the things that choke the word, as it says in Matthew 4. Now, trying harder isn't what we do here at Hope Church because it's not what Jesus told us to do. Trying harder is the opposite of grace. So if you are feeling weary this morning, if you're fearing run down, if you're feeling uh, 
Like, you know what, all this talk of discipleship, it sounds great, but actually right now I'm just exhausted and I don't know how I can be involved in that. It's one too many things. If that's you, then I want to just say, I want to speak some truth that Jesus does say as we close. If I band, you want to come back up? Um, if you're feeling weary right now, I just feel like God wants to continue from where we left off. <laughs> if I, why don't you guys stand? Let me just, just speak this over you. This is John 6. You might want to just close your eyes. Just, there's an invite here for us. Listen to what Jesus said. This is the truth. We don't try. We do what Jesus says. Jesus says this. He's saying it to you. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. All the Father gives me will come to me. And all who come to me, I will never drive away. Are you thirsty this morning? Do you hear the call of God saying, come to me, I'll never drive you away? Because Jesus has, a, has a, an invite with your name on it, literally. Not just for the person next to you, but for you right now. You want to come and drink? Drink from the one that never ceases? To be refreshed by his spirit, to be stilled in your heart, to be sustained by his truth. The love of the Father wants to come. and We've got a little bit more time before we finish. So I'm just going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. And we're just going to be still.